we'd like to welcome you back to our emergency freedom alerts for December 21st, 2020. And this is part two. Uh, now, in light of what I just covered about all these apostate 501c3 religious institutions taking all this money, all the debt that they're that they've gotten themselves but that again that again that debt will be most likely forgiven in almost every instance all by design on purpose as long as they fulfill the COVID-19 satanic agenda still the example they're setting to their parishioners um I'm just going to do a mini little mini study here on and I think I've covered this before but it's called the debt and the curse just as a reminder to us what we don't want to be doing. It's almost like every example that the modern day church sets is evil and wicked. And we should probably be doing the opposite. You know, they, they could talk a good game. Like Jesus said, that it, with their lips they honor me, but their, their heart is far from me. Well, that's, that's the norm. You know, it's just all lip service and a facade. So in our study, and this is from uh, the website preparehisway.com. In our study relating to what the Bible calls the curse, which the Lord created to correct and turn his children around in repentance, we find that debt is part of the curse. Let's pull the mask off borrowing in debt. It is clearly stated by God as one of the curses. Haven't we all been hit by that serpent? Let's go a bit further as we, be as we begin to pay attention to what God says. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich ruleth over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender and then romans 8 13 8 owe no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law so there's a couple verses regarding not going into debt okay how many of us have read those verses and never really gave it much thought at all as we finance that car home home remodel new appliances vacation or whatever else we wanted there is no self-righteousness here folks we've been there done that plenty i've done it too now I, i'm not in it anymore praise god but it took me decades to get out of it you know so i'm not up here on my high horse or anything condemning everybody saying how perfect i am and neither are they writing this report now praise god i'm not in any more debt now and that was one of the best, best things that ever happened to me when I finally got totally, fully out of debt. It was just like a weight was released off me. And I don't know. It's just like, it was so much better. It, it's just, it, it, have you heard me ask for money? Like, at all? Like, when was the last time you heard me beg for money? Or I never beg for money, I'm sorry. I always told you guys I would never beg for money. But sometimes I would make things about, yeah, we're kind of running a little bit lean here and I don't have when's the last time you heard me do that well in the last couple of years i totally got out of all it was that school loan i finally got paid off praise the lord jesus christ and i'm telling you man when that happened it was just like everything seemed to, to just free up to such a bigger extent and more blessings came and just i don't know i don't even think about it now about about like just that pressure that that put on me it's like it's just gone it lifted it's I, I just can't i couldn't recommend it highly enough i really can't um <clears throat> but it goes on to say 
as faithful tithers for many years, 10% of our business gross went to the old storehouse. And then my comment is, is, but there now there is no storehouse in the New Testament. But for the most part, what swapped out for the New Testament Levitical temple is the 501c3 churches yoked up with the government because they, they would use the same Malachi verse about bring 10% of your tithes into the storehouse. That's how we, we keep going. Even though there's really no Bible in the New Testament for big gigantic churches that have all kind of upkeep that have to pay the pastors that have to pay you know there's not really a lot of bible for that if you look at it now i've done a whole study on that and it's called new testament giving compared to the old testament levitical tithe i give you a link here or just key in tithe at contendingfortruth.com i'm not saying that pastors and these types are not worthy of whatever but i'm talking about when we get to the extremes in particular where they're mismanaging money or whether they're taking like these devils taking money on this ppp program and they're not even accountable and they're using it to vacation they're using the one guy bought a jet with it i didn't even talk about him that was on entertainment tonight or whatever he bought a jet turned out and turned his old jet in and bought a new one then took a whole bunch of uh vacations and then they found out they they found out about it and they confronted him with it <laughs> i didn't even play that but anyway um uh let's see here so okay so okay anyway i i give i give um my teachings i have done on the 501c3 church here i give a link to it now if you want you could just go to contendingfortruth.com and key in 501c3 and you'll see the teachings i've done on that how dangerous that is when you yoke up with the government there's no bible for any of it okay and the whole thing about the levitical tithe to keep the levitical priesthood going and to keep the old testament levitical temple going well, guys, we're not under that now. We're not. We're not in that time period. But they use and twist that verse in order for you to get. Now, listen, I am all for giving, if you feel so so led, giving 10% or giving whatever you're convicted to give to good um, biblical ministries. However you're led in that regard, I would just encourage you to research who you're giving your money to so that you are sowing into good land. Like when you sow a seed, you want to make sure it goes into good soil. If you're giving your money to Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland or the 700 Club, you're putting your hard-earned money into rotten land that's not going to bear good fruit. Okay? So I'm a big believer in, in, in that concept. And I'm, I'm a big giver. I mean, as far as that goes, I, I don't want to like brag or whatever, but I'm, I'm a huge believer in that concept. Anyway, if you want to know more about that New Testament giving compared to Old Testament, I give you the link. Anyway, as American, as the American church capitalized on the prosperity gospel and tithing is now mainstream, greed and lust for gain has taken over much of the church from the pulpit to the pew. I mean, how many jets does an evangelist need? An $80 million church remodel? These are things that have happened. Millionaire celebrity pastors, the list goes on and on. You have Kenneth Copeland with his own airport. We could go, and his, and his list, and his uh, fleet of Harley Davidsons. We could go on to list many, many scriptures which speak to the giving in, um, giving in the meeting, the needs of others. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a lot about that in my teaching. The majority of which the church has perverted into funding their own building projects in ministry kingdoms. The, the, 
the main thing that the Bible talks about is like, you know, giving to the poor, the widows, the orphans, the, the homeless, and these types of things. And that, that would fall under the benevolent fund in most churches. The benevolent fund in most churches is the, if it even exists, is the least funded ministry in all in almost all churches and should be the greatest. Should be the biggest. Biblically speaking, it should be. But it's it's all it's all um backwards now. You know. That's just the norm. So going forward here, we could go on to list many, many scriptures which speak to our giving and meeting the needs of others. Uh, meanwhile, as we look for our own miracle hundredfold blessing, we did a lot of the things most American Christians did, buying comforts. And this is when they were kind of more in the worldly church model, okay, that they admit to being in. I was there too at one time. So as we look for our own miracle hundredfold blessing, we did a lot of things most American Christians did by buying comforts like cars and stuff, much of it on credit. We bought, I mean, it, listen, if you go out and buy something on a credit card and you pay it off every month, I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'm, I don't think God would. I mean, if you're paying it off, if you can afford it, you know, if you're led of God and you're spending, I use a debit card because it's all, all my money. It's, it's a bigger pain to use that, but it is all my money. I'm not relying on credit for anything. I want you to understand that. <laughs> you know, I try to practice what I preach. So, um, but anyway, they bought a whole bunch of stuff on credit. We bought, the problem is, is buying stuff on credit is, is it's so easy to get overextended and you might buy something on credit thinking I'm going to pay it off at the end of the month. And then you have 10 other bills come up and realize, wow, I can't pay that off. And now you're in the credit trap. Now you're in that interest stuff. And that's why credit cards are so dangerous. They're, they're nice to have as something to maybe fall back on, but you should always have enough cash in reserve to pay the thing off, even if you ran into an emergency in an ideal situation. I'm just giving you good, sound, biblical financial advice here, okay? Um, I mean, did Jesus buy anything on credit? Did, did the apostles? I don't see any of that go on. No, it wasn't... <laughs> Uh, he goes on to say, we bought houses during the real estate run-up. We even did something I told everyone else never to do. We took a home equity loan on our home to buy an investment property in 2005, which lost the majority of its value in the 2008 financial crash. So he did something. He borrowed money thinking that this is an investment, but it was kind of like gambling because guess what? The gamble didn't pay off. And in 2008, the investment property, that value crashed, and now he has far, now he's in the hole. And again, this is why you don't want to do things on credit, because you don't know what might happen and how you might get stuck with a big, gigantic bill that you thought you were never going to have to pay. Yes, we got a good financial spanking, courtesy of, quote, the curse. And finally, we got the message, quote, get out of debt. Borrowing and debt are part of the curse. When we borrow, we go under the curse, oppression, and we become a slave to the lender. That's what happens when we transgress God's word. We go back under the law. Yep. What are some of the freebies that come with debt? Well, how about a sense of obligation? How about worry, anxiety, fear? How about lust for gain, like gambling on the lottery and hope of deliverance? Um, well, in his case, he, he did an investment pro property as a gamble, and that gamble didn't work out, okay? 
So I think that's what he was talking about, lust for gain there. How about economic slavery and the loss of spiritual liberty? Bill pressures. I remember one time I went to this gym in North Fort Myers a long time ago, and I remember the guy, he was in there, and he was like a former cop or something. He went in there, and he couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford the gym. Couldn't afford to open it. Couldn't afford to buy equipment. And he told me, and he just confided all the stuff in me. And he was like, I had like 10 credit cards sent to me. And I went in one day and I, and I got every single cash advance I could get on like 10 credit cards or something. He got just enough to actually buy equipment and open the gym. That guy wasn't in business for probably more than a year before he had to go under. Because can you imagine, you know, you've got like these credit cards, you've maxed them out and they're like probably like 20 to 25% interest rates per month on a maxed out balance trying to actually make that bill payment every month was just about impossible and remember he had to sell out to another guy i don't i don't think he was there for much more than a year it was it was absolute the most insane thing i'd ever seen done on credit ever um and then he says what about economic slavery and the loss of spiritual liberty bill pressures the, the fact that if payments are not made, repossession can take place. What about the loss of the ability to give to others? The binding the future to a pledge and a promise. Family stress, money problems break up so many marriages. The loss of huge amounts of money to interest charges. Oh, that's a big one. And then what about mortgages? Well, okay, let's talk about that. Mor mortgage is a French word that means death grip. Okay, the word history. The great jurist Sir Edmund coke who invented coca-cola that we all know and love teasing sorry a little humor there anyway sir edmund coke who lived from 1552 to 1634 has explained why the term mortgage or mortgage comes from the old french word mort meaning dead engage meaning pledge or contract it seemed to him that it had to do with the doubtfulness of whether or not the mortgagor will pay the debt if the mortgagor does not, then the land pledged to the mortgagee as security for the debt is taken from him forever and so, and so dead to him upon condition. So I think that has to do with this death grip thing. There are more negatives to debt, but the bottom line is that the curse of the debt is waiting for us when we give in to the temptation to get what God has not provided sadly this is where the church has experienced its own uh babylonian captivity the church is you know it's a mess <laughs> the world is very wise at luring christians into the debt trap in bondage we are bombarded with the world's message that debt and borrowing is the rosy road to having it all the house the suv the clothes the travel and the good life but you know is it biblical all right i just wanted to kind of just touch on that now I'm kind of switching gears here a lot and I and I don't normally don't like I like to kind of let the topics flow a little bit better but this is just kind of the way it's working out today. The next report is a very short one and it's Dolly Parton's doing her level best for Satan makes a major 1 million dollar Vanderbilt donation Vanderbilt I believe college to support the COVID-19 kill shot as um as it as if the billions coming from Trump's Operation Warp Speed are not enough to fund the vaccines. She's got to throw in a million because she 
she's such a good, uh, wonderful Christian, as we're going to see here. So let's just play this real quick here. It's a very, very short little video here. I just want you to kind of hear it in her own words or hear it from the, this is CBS News. And country music legend Dolly Parton is getting praise from doctors and fans for her $1 million donation towards COVID vaccine research at Vanderbilt University. Vanderbilt was involved in trials for the Moderna vaccine, which the company says is nearly 95% effective. Parton tweeted Total about lies. her donation today saying, I just wanted it to do good, and evidently it is. Let's just hope we can find a cure oh, yeah, real yeah. soon. We all agree with Dolly on that one. Oh, isn't that and wonderful? Doesn't that make you just want to vomit all over yourself? Anyway, um, yeah, so that's the that's just a little little snippet of lies that you can get from the mainstream prostitute whore media every night. Just a little little snippet there. So um she doesn't have a problem that it's going to rewrite your DNA, the Moderna one, and that you're going to be filled with nanorobots, and that um, it's cultured off aborted babies. She don't she don't have a problem with that. She's a Christian, so she shouldn't have a problem with any of that. Well, let's go. Let's look at her a little closer. And this next part is called Dolly Parton Exposed. The devil is, a, and I kind of figure since we're talking about fake Christians, she's a really good one to do a little tiny little expose on. The devil is a beautiful liar. The Holy Scriptures plainly teach us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light to deceive his victims. Satan also has his own followers, teachers, and ministers, servants who disguise themselves as Christians to deceive their victims. Many of Satan's victims don't even realize they have been deceived. I'll give Dolly Parton, born in 1946, the benefit of the doubt that she is sincere. But I can also tell you biblically without hesitation that Miss Parton is of the devil. Truly, the love of money is the root of all evil. Miss Parton has a net worth, at least the time of this writing, of $500 million. $500 million, which I think is half a billion. Now, it may be a billion by now, I don't know. Yet, she is penniless in eternity. Dolly Parton professes to be a Christian. Her Dollywood theme park in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, has a Christian theme. We read much in the media about Miss Parton's Christian faith. But is Dolly Parton a born-again Christian? No way is I will prove to you from her own statements. Well, I kind of added this part in. It's a link that just appeared in the last year. Dolly Parton throws her weight behind Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. The 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 um, Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Where have we heard about that? Well, let me, let me just give you a little refresher from um, my one document. And I, I read this earlier this year. Black Lives Matter is run by three high-level voodoo witches. Brian Wilson presents a video compilation where the nationally syndicated uh, radio host Larry Bishop Gators exposes the West African Odoefi witchcraft practiced by the founders and the leaders of Black Lives Matter. I played you the video here. And there's a, then there's another video here. He plays audio clips of the Black Lives Matter founders and other people saying that they pray to their fallen brothers and sisters in summoning their dead spirits of racism and that they walk up and down the streets praying to the spirits before an event. And she says Black Lives Matter is not just a um, blanking, it's not just a blank, it's a spiritual thing, a very spiritual thing. So it's witchcraft. It's run by three high-level African voodoo-like witches. And Dolly Parton is here making sure that she defends them. Um, and she throws her weight behind Black Lives Matter and she makes a statement and said, do we think our little white 
ASSs are the only ones that matter. End of quote. So totally feeding into that whole satanic lying narrative. Totally on the side of Satan. That's where her discernment is. Because she's of, the, of her father the devil and of his lust. I mean, I'm sure she made a deal with the devil a long time ago. Most likely. And then, and then we have this, which I think is really special. Dolly Parton wants to repose for Playboy at 75. She's 75 years old. We mean repose. Well, she posed back in 78. She was on the cover of Playboy. Because she's a Christian. Age is just a number. Now, this is a report on it. Age is just a number. Especially if you're Dolly Parton. The country icon turned 74 in January. And she has no intention of slowing it down. In fact, she said she'd love to pose for Playboy again for her next birthday. I don't plan to retire. I just turned 74 and I plan to be on the cover of Playboy magazine again. She told 60 Minutes Australia recently. See, I did Playboy magazine years ago and I thought it'd be such a hoot if, if they'll go for it. I don't know if they will. If I could be on the cover again when I'm 75. Parton's first appearance on the magazine's cover was the October 1978 cover wearing a strapless top, bunny ears, when she was 32. She was the first country star to grace the cover. Now, she's made a whole career out of having men lust after her. Okay, her body, her fake breasts, okay. She's made a whole career out of men lusting after her and putting on this fake christian country persona and the whole dollywood theme park now i couldn't find the information but i know i've reported in the past dolly was right next to gatlinburg i took taylor to gatlinburg i do, i've done many stories and reports on gatlinburg you can key that in at contendingfortruth.com gatlinburg is part of a world heritage united nations website you can go up on their little space needle there and you go to the top and there's a there's a big plaque there that said this is a world heritage area basically owned and controlled by the united nations the the force around there gatlinburg which is connected to pigeon forge okay which is where dollywood is and dolly dollywood has a ton of attractions there the dixie stampede and the oh the uh her dollywood thing and all kind of resorts that you can go to I mean, she's making more money than you can imagine okay but when we were there and i documented this it was all eastern block people in the stores all and everywhere you went i didn't get waited on one person the whole time i was there taylor and i were there that were not very very cold eastern block people that barely spoke any english and from what the research i had done is that these were most likely plants that were put here by let's say russia let's say ukraine let's say georgia and i don't mean georgia in america but georgia over in the eastern Bloc countries that they were put here by design to try to blend in with the american people to try to learn our ways to try to learn our language and they were and then they would cycle in and cycle out they would go to the underground bases that were there right off there great smoky mountain thing where people have went and there's all kind of areas that are restricted that you can't go into there are all kind of people that have went on hiking things and they all of a sudden they've got like you know 20 russians that come out of the woods with you know 
machine guns trained on them, telling them to get out, if they even live through that. I don't know. I've reported on this over and over and over again, how we've got underground bases in America that our governments, and again, the, the whole thing about us going to war with Russia and China, you know, I have to question a lot of that since we've had underground bases with these people on our soil for decades. You know, kind of kind of makes me leery that it's actually a really legitimate war if it's not all by design. It's, it's not all part of the theater. Reported on this over and over again. Anything I've just talked about, you can keep. And if you keep Gatlinburg, I'm sure you'll find where I talked about that. That same dynamic, even though I did not go to Dollywood, which was in Pigeon Forge, I liked Gatlinburg more because it was more like in the mountains and it wasn't near as, it di you didn't have near that horribly Walt Disney, walls closing in, concrete jungle vibe that you got in Pigeon Forge, even though it was connected. Still, I just liked Gatlinburg a lot better than I like Pigeon Forge because Pigeon Forge was like a concrete and that's where Dollywood is. Now, the same dynamic that's going on in Gatlinburg, at least the time I was there, and I'm assuming it's still that way, was going on at Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, where you had all these Eastern Bloc type people that were in the stores. From what I heard, that's the exact same dynamic going on in Dollywood that Dolly Parton owns, and probably all of her other things. Now, I'm not saying every single person, but I'm saying a lot of the workers and from what i was told they were being almost paid like a slave wage and it was like an agreement between that area and these eastern Bloc countries and these troops that are actually training in the great smoky mountains as a way for them to kind of get some employment get some experience you know um examine our ways blend in try to learn the language better I, again i've gotten into this in other ones i do believe she's all part of that this is the point i'm trying to make okay now i believe that information has for the most part been scrubbed off the internet i couldn't find it i couldn't find anything almost at all disparaging about dolly parton and anymore you can't find anything on any type of really probing matter unless you know where the website is and you go directly to it like, if you go to my website and you key in anything, you're going to find it. If I've done a study on it. But you go to Mike Adams, you can go to his website. He's got a lot of really good reports on health stuff. Uh, but if you try to do a keyword search, they all the keyword search, all the um, search engines have been taken over to a certain extent. Even the good ones. So, I just want to kind of throw that in. Now, um some some bible verses kind of came into my mind when i read that about dolly parton wanting to pose on playboy again uh proverbs 7 7 says and i beheld among the simple ones and i discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner and he went the way to her house and in the twilight and in in in, in the evening and in the black and dark night because Evil things a lot of times are done under the cover of darkness. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Meaning she was clothed like a whore. She was clothed like a prostitute. That's how Dolly Parton normally dresses. Skin tight clothing with her fake breasts showing to a maximal degree. 
and has probably gotten more plastic um, surgery than any of us could ever even comprehend in our in our lifetimes. To look the way she still does at whatever, 74, 75, she's had enormous amounts. And who knows, she might be drinking the whole, you know, innocent baby's blood to, in order to maintain youth as well, like a lot of the people, Luciferians at the top. That wouldn't surprise me one bit either because that's one of the ways they stay young, through the adrenochrome. Okay, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. I don't, I don't buy her fake country, pseudo-Christian, I don't want to offend anybody garbage. I don't buy it. I don't. Second Peter 3.17 Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. How many people have been led away by Dolly Parton's example, saying she's a Christian, dressing like a total slut, whore, okay? How many people have been led into hell because of that? Because they think, well, she's a Christian. She dresses that way. She's so nice. She never, oh, look how genuine she is. You better not be, that's why the Bible warns you about being a stumbling block before your brother. How many people has she, and she's just one example. How many people has she been a stumbling block before? Meaning she caused another Christian to stumble or even somebody that's not a Christian to stumble. How many men have lusted over her body? Okay, as a result of the clothes she wears and how, they're skimpy and how she puts her and how very revealing. How many? I wonder. These are all things that she's going to have to give an account for at the great white throne judgment. I don't believe she's going to the judgment seat of Christ because I don't believe she's a Christian. All right, if she is, boy, she better get, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I just don't see any evidence of it. A tree is known by its fruit, okay? You can say, oh, you're judging her. Well, a tree is known by its fruit and she bears wicked, evil fruit. So it says, beware lest ye also being led away with the air of the wicked. She is one of the wicked that's trying to lead people away. And what can that happen? You can fall from your own steadfastness because of people like Dolly Parton. Jude 1, 17 through 19 says, but beloved, remember how ye, how the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time. She's a mocker. She is. She's like, oh, well, this is fine. I'm a Christian. I'm Dolly Parton. I just want everybody to be happy. I can dress like a total whore and have men lusting after me and pose for Playboy over and, and want to pose when I'm 75 and do all this other garbage and support Black Lives Matter that's run by three high-level witches and all the other garbage she does. And it's fine. Because I'm a mocker of Christ and I kind of feel like Christianity is whatever way I think it is. Which I've read enough about her that she, you know, that's kind of what she does. How she thinks. Ye should, um, mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. She does it her way. She's like Frank Sinatra. She did it her way. She sure didn't do it God's way. These be they who separate themselves. Sensual. Look at all the half-naked stuff she's she's wore, all the skin-tight half-naked, and telling me she's not sensual. Having not the Spirit, capital S, meaning having not the Holy Spirit. Now, this is just from a uh, 
like a little excerpt from a from a report on biblical clothing for women. I've never done a study on that. I've always wanted to, but it probably take me about five parts to cover it. And I just haven't had the time. But I, I've got a really good word doc on it if anybody wants it. Anyway, the immoral woman has the attire of an harlot. Skimpy, tight, suggestive. To draw attention to herself sexually and to lure men to her on that basis. The modest woman, on the other hand, is clothed in such a way as to not draw men's attention to her in a sexual manner. Okay, these are just, it's just common sense stuff here. Now, one comment in this thing read, our church teaches and preaches separation. Our pastor has even compiled small booklet on modest dress. Having said that, we have, we have and still do have problems in our church. In order to be a choir member or teach Sunday school, etc., we must sign a form saying we agree to dress the dress standards as well as many other standards of conduct. Okay, sounds good. Um, what I have seen is yes, they are wearing dresses, but many are far from modest. I have had to ask my wife, did you see what so-and-so was wearing? And I am honest with her, and I tell her, of course I did. I am a man, and when a lady exposes 50% of her breasts, I can't help but notice. I told her I don't ogle, but it's, it is part of a woman that men find attractive. So there I am in God's house trying to worship God and hear from his word, and then, then I see these things. But she is wearing, and now this is over and over and over and over from guys, from men at the church, saying these exact same things over and over okay mini skirts tight fitting dresses tight fitting skirts um you know the whole nine yards okay tight fitting tops tight fitting jeans they go over and over and i know and again i don't have time to get into it all i do have a good file on it but um all right then it goes on to say i'm in the house of god trying to worship god i hear from his word and then i see these things but she's wearing a dress it's form-fitting clothing is another area that is a problem. A lady can actually be wearing a reasonably nice dress that meets the standard, at least in their mind it does, but the problem is, is that it is at least a size too small for her. These folks are rarely confronted because they're wearing a dress, you know. Now, this reminds me of a Baptist church, okay? Because I've been there, done that, okay? So, and I am pretty sure this is from a Baptist preacher saying this, or, or at least it's in his report here. Uh, a lot of churches that doesn't even apply now i mean they're just anything goes um so in other words this would be from a church where probably the dress standards would be much higher than your normal a lot of churches that are anything goes now okay so uh, i believe we easily forget modesty and become lost in i'm wearing a dress attitude to be honest i have seen more modest pants on many lost ladies than dresses on our standard signing church ladies <laughs> yeah yeah you know i i agree i don't see anything wrong with modest pants i don't i just don't i don't think they should be skin tight okay but um you know that's me uh going forward here uh, it shows either a lack of discernment on their part or a worldly desire to show off their body, maybe both. Sorry to vent, but this has hit close to home is I have tried to protect teenagers from what they see in the church. I believe there's a tremendous lack of understanding on the part of most women about what they wear and why. The, the thing is, is, the reason I say that is because that's something that any woman 
if they're convicted about it, they can get right with God and then essentially re repenting of that. And then, you know, you got right with God, you know, you, you, you progressed in your Christian walk as a Christian. And that might've been something that was holding you back. Might've been something that was hindering blessings coming your way. And there's tons of stuff that we can do. I'm not saying I'm not guilty. They're not saying there's stuff I don't need to work on by any stretch. Um, but I, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there because of the Dolly Parton thing. I thought it was kind of appropriate. Uh, all right, now let's go back now. Now we're going to really switch gears again. But see, we started on the whole Dolly giving a million dollars to the COVID vaccine. Then we kind of veered off on a rabbit trail. Now we're getting back on the COVID. President Trump lies to the American people about the Pfizer COVID experimental RNA vaccine. This, this devil, I tell you, he is right on the spear tip. And I just want everybody to know how much on the spear tip this devil is. This uh, this video came out December 13th. It's not very long, but I'm, I'm it's nauseating, but I'm just going to let President uh, Devil talk here. I have really good news. Uh, yeah. Today, our nation has achieved a medical miracle. We have delivered a safe and effective vaccine in just nine months. This is one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in history. It will save millions of lives. Everything he's saying is a lie, as we have documented over and over. But I'm just going to let him talk. But obviously, he's just a pathological, narcissistic liar. That's all he can do. Soon end the pandemic once and for all. I am thrilled to report that the FDA has authorized the Pfizer vaccine. We have given Pfizer and other companies a great deal of money, hoping this would be the outcome. And it was. On behalf of the American people, I'd like to thank all of the brilliant scientists, technicians, doctors, and workers who made this all possible. Pfizer and Moderna have announced their vaccine is approximately 95% effective, far exceeding expectations. These vaccines are also very safe. American <laughs> citizens participated in clinical trials. We've documented you how safe they are. Were far larger than normal and had no serious side effects. Skip the animal trials, accelerated the human trials, should have been at least 10 years minimum. Messenger RNA never ever been brought successfully to a human trial ever. Cultured off aborted babies with all kind of nanotech in it. But this devil is gonna try to convince you because he loves you so much and because he'll never fail you that you need to take this, this devil kill shot. The dedicated and independent experts at the FDA meticulously studied the- But, and here's the thing. Mike Adams, Alex Jones, none of the, they won't play this video. No, 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 no. They might say a little something about, oh, Trump's kind of off, but they won't call him out as being totally in lockstep and on the spear tip of implementing this agenda. It's like he gets a free pass because he's Trump. Results of the trials, and it has now passed the gold standard of safety. Through Operation Warp Speed, my administration provided a total of $14 billion to accelerate vaccine development and to manufacture all of the top candidates in advance. This included a nearly $2 billion investment in Pfizer to produce 100 million doses of their vaccine, with an option to produce 500 million additional doses. And I'm proud to say that we have made sure that this vaccine will be free for all Americans. Through our partnership with FedEx and UPS, we have already begun shipping the vaccine to every state and zip code in the country. The first vaccine will be administered in less than 24 hours. 
the governors decide where the vaccines will go in their state and who will get them first. We want our senior citizens, healthcare workers, <laughs> and first responders to be first in line. Oh, yeah. This yeah. will quickly... got to kill them off first, and the minorities. They're going to be prioritized. The blacks and Hispanics and the minorities. They're being prioritized with the with the nursing home, the elderly, and the healthcare workers. They're going to want to take all of them out first, get them all good and sterilized and, and, and devastated. And I'm not saying they're all going to be devastated right off the bat, but I do believe it's going to be a progression and that DNA being overwritten is going to, you know, that's going to happen as a gradual process probably as well. And that kill shot's going to take its effect more and more the more vaccines they get, too. Dramatically reduced deaths and hospitalizations. Oh, what a when lie. the China virus invaded our shores. Yeah. I promised that we yeah, would... Yeah, that's why they've already implemented it in the UK, and now all of a sudden they're having all these 17 different mutations happen. We don't know where they're coming from. It's coming from the, the kill shots you're giving out, you bunch of devils, and you know exactly what you're doing. And then we're going to have COVID-21 most likely. And they're going to they're gonna blame it on the unvaccinated. Produce a vaccine in record time before the end of the year. They said it couldn't be done. But with today's announcement, we have now achieved that goal. The United States is the first nation in the world to produce a verifiably safe and effective vaccine. Today's achievement is a reminder of America's unlimited potential when we have the will and the courage to pursue ambitious goals. As I've said from the beginning, a vaccine will vanquish the virus <laughs> what a and lie. return life back to normal. Oh, you lying the devil. pandemic may have begun in China, but we are ending it right here in America. Operation Warp Speed is the greatest medical manufacturing endeavor in American history. He's he nothing more than a mouthpiece of Satan. Every single thing that's coming out of his mouth has been a total bald-faced lie. I, I can't even hardly play this, but I just want you to hear it out of his own mouth because so few in the alternative media will call him out on this. And talk about glory and in your shame. But that's what he does. He is a patho pathological, lying, narcissistic devil. We are deeply grateful to every person who has worked round the clock on this monumental national project to save lives. Thank you all for your tremendous gifts to humanity. Okay, so that's about all I can take. Um, so he, he mentioned the Moderna vaccine as well in there, Pfizer Moderna. Well, okay, um, it's kind of funny because I'm looking at a chart right here, right from the um, Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee on the messenger RNA Moderna vaccine, table seven, summary of unsolicited adverse events up to 20 days after the vaccination in study 301, November 25th, data set, safety set, okay? And what we're seeing here is Moderna has admitted to a shocking 23.9% rate of adverse events from their COVID-19 kill shot. 23.9, almost a quarter of the people getting the COVID-19 Moderna kill shot are having adverse events. These stats do not even include the longer term effects of DNA modification, infertility, autoimmunity, tracking from the nanoparticles, and who knows what else from the Franken-Death cocktail. This was on page 15 of the study. Among the 15,185 people in the study, there were 3,632 adverse events in just the first 32 days. Now, can you imagine as that DNA keeps getting overwritten, 
as those nanicles as those nanoparticles start reassembling in the body and all the other horrific things the autoimmune reactions that are going to happen what's that going to be like in another 28 days how much will that go up is the whole thing here and again this is right from the fda.gov website i'm giving you stuff straight from the horse's mouth okay then going further um just uh, and i'm putting this here because you know he's telling you to trust the government okay trust the wicked sick corrupt government this is a former medic whistleblower reveals how the military tests experimental vaccines on soldiers okay now you have to understand what we're getting a, a dose of literally pun intended is what they've been doing to the military for decades okay but what they're doing now is they're unleashing that same concept on the masses and i imagine that because because of um the executive order well let me just read this did you know that former president clinton quietly signed executive order 13139 on september 30th uh, 1999 this order requires military personnel to receive experimental vaccines like messenger rna not approved by the fda and denies the soldiers the right to refuse or to even be provided with informed consent of what they are receiving so they have no idea what they're getting i i couldn't uh, stress stronger that don't please don't let anyone you know if you can prevent them from going into the military any branch let them go in because they will be like a human pin cushion i i've i've heard multiple people multiple listeners get back to me saying they're totally devastated from being in whatever branch they were in that they they got hundreds of vaccines or up to 100 vaccines you know while they were in the service they were never told what they were getting a lot of times they were getting them in both arm they would have to sign waivers that were like you know 12 inches thick of paperwork and they couldn't they were never told what that was that what they were even being given but they sure were devastated after the fact well here's one more lady that that happened to and i'm going to let her tell her story here this is from hoover alabama where she's interviewed my name is sherry saunders um when i was a young woman i was with now the at the start you're gonna hear a lot of wind i don't know why they did the interview out in the open but it, it gets better the combat support hospital as the united states army reserve hospital my job as a combat army medic was to give vaccines one of my jobs was to give the anthrax vaccine that vaccine was created from what i understand uh, a company that dick cheney owned blackwater was how that vaccine was distributed to one of the most evil people that has ever walked the earth dick cheney and he was in that was his company uh, once that vaccine was given to a soldier specifically a soldier with an animal made protein vaccine um allergy meaning that they could not take a vaccine from animal proteins like a flu shot or uh, a tetanus shot for example which is how i figured this problem out the shot caused the Gulfor syndrome. Gulfor syndrome is a reaction to the vaccine shot of anthrax into the body when a soldier is not compatible with animal-made protein vaccines. That's so, what caused it. As a young young medic in the military. Yes, ma'am. We, you, now you, I don't agree with that statement. She just said I think it's part of the problem. I think it's a big part, but she's not taking into account the depleted uranium that they were getting in Gulf War syndrome. She wasn't also accounting for the fact where there was a lot of different other contributing factors to Gulf War syndrome. Um, I think the depleted uranium was a bigger factor, personally. 
but from her perspective because that's where she was at and that's what she did was administer vaccines i understand why she would think that now i'm not downplaying that these things aren't horrific okay but you are getting a whole cocktail of stuff over there with the depleted uranium and then other factors going on i have a whole file on it in the military and that that i send out on that too but i just kind of wanted to throw that in there because i wanted to give you like full context have any idea what you were giving to the soldiers? No, ma'am. What gave me the... How I figured it out was this. I was treating a soldier who was given a diagnosis of Gulf War Syndrome. He was a young soldier. His grandmother was standing outside the room. Once I completed his assessments and stepped outside the room, she asked me about his health. We had a conversation. She explained to me that when her grandson, but she raised as her son, was a young man he had stepped on a nail now just so you know this is being recorded from the vaxxed.com website they're the one that made the um the video on vax one vax two on all the horrific side effects i've played parts of these videos before i haven't played this part i think this is a separate interview but just so you know that's where this is coming from to be given the tetanus shot and the tetanus shot nearly killed him and that was the only time in his life that he was ever sick like he was sick now in that room i thanked her for the information i told her what she wanted to hear that everything was going to be okay it wasn't i took the information to my captain that the soldier in that room was allergic to animal made protein vaccines and then i felt like the anthrax vaccine he received in basic training was why he had never left the states was but was charged with the gulf war syndrome and he never left the state of georgia and then i felt like it was the vaccine that caused the injury my captain took that information up the chain of command we were visited from people from washington dc we were told that we were wrong I was told to keep my mouth shut. My captain resigned his commission. I was forced to stay in the military another year and deal with the bullying. I am here today to let these people know that when you take a vaccine and you have no idea what you are taking, you're putting yourself in a position of being a lab rat. And I was a, I was a medic that was a, gave a vaccine to people as a lab rat. And I don't know how many people I harmed, and I don't know how many people I killed. But I do know this, that I'm going to stand with all of these people today, and we're going to move this towards Washington. We're going to move this towards Great Britain and Europe, and we're going to move this movement all over this world. We are done with your vaccines. We are done being lab rats. And I am done being told by my government to keep my mouth shut. It's over. Like the lives of those people who don't ever get to come back from the Gulf War Syndrome. You're incredibly brave to speak. I mean, you're getting a, a massive amount of support right now as Thank you're you. talking with people that are so grateful to you. To, Thank you for speaking up. We have a huge problem with the military today. Yes, ma'am. People, young men and women, coming up to us and asking us if we can help get them out. Um, and they're telling us that they're getting lined up and vaccinated, but undisclosed when they ask about what, which is the vaccine they've been given, undisclosed, is all they're told, and they're, they're very, very sick. We're not even told what the vaccine is. As a medic, my job was not to ask questions. My job was to vaccinate. And there would be someone ahead of me that would notate in the medical records uh, a, a letter, a number, A-16, various 
acronyms would be given to these shots that we we would be told it was for our protection or if we were fixing to go into a country for example i went into central america several times in the 90s and i was given shots for my protection but i do not know what shots i was given except they had letters and names before them as an army medic my job is not to ask that person that i'm fixing to vaccinate are you allergic to the flu vaccine or can you are allergic to eggs or are you allergic to this none of those things matter in the military you are government property and every person gets the vaccine that is why those people who were given the the gulf war syndrome um definition that this is what you're dying from and they never left the united states they never went to the gulf war and those people over there in the gulf war that anthrax vaccine was given in three massive doses in the beginning they changed the protocol to six smaller doses by 90, 1998 in the hopes that it would lessen the chances of these reactions but that does not change the fact that if you are a person born natural uh, and your antibodies do not work with this vaccine you will have a reaction and the reaction of the anthrax vaccine in the human body was called the Gulf War Syndrome. Uh, parents are telling me how they, their sick children are, in, are then fall from the vaccine, go to hospital, and one mother in, was telling how her son was dying right in front of her eyes, and when she called the military, and they sent their records over, and there was no, they hadn't even written in that their son had had a vaccine. And all of his, I want to say the word squadron, I don't know what you call it here, said that they'd all had this vaccine that day and all of their medical records showed no vaccine given on that day. That is that is not an uncommon practice to clean the records. Um, the military owns us. I was, I was owned at one point in my life. I'm not owned now. And under that ownership, I was not told. I was, none of us are given the, these is what could happen if you take this medicine. You are put in a straight line. You are told to shut up. You are told to stand there and you receive your vaccine. And then next, next. And that is all they care about. This is a logistics. This is money. That vaccine was done paid for and you're going to take it. United States soldiers and soldiers across this country know once we figure out, once we get ourselves there, Yes, we love our country and we're fighting for our country, but we quickly find out that our country is also using us not only as protection or soldiers or bullies across the world in order to uh, make agenda. That's great. But they also use us as guinea pigs in research studies because they found out in, in America they got caught when they used the black people. They got caught when they used the prisoners. They're getting caught because they're using kids in DHR custody and CPS. They use children and, and under as guinea pigs because they have no choice. They're wards of the state, just like I was a ward of my country, a ward of my government. And I was given no uh, reason for this vaccine except it was for my protection and it was for uh, the, the use as a United States soldier so that I could go into this country and perform their duty, what they wanted me to do. I'm telling you today, I feel like at this point, this vaccine thing was not so much to keep me safe. It was in an, an order to create money and revenue and to keep these soldiers sick because a soldier that makes it to retirement costs money. If you make it to retirement, you get a pension and you get your VA, you get your medicine paid for. But if you're a soldier who is sick and dies 10 years after joining, then you save that government all kinds of money. And I feel like that has a lot to do with it. They want to get rid of the people that they train because now when we go into countries and we do things and we see things, we've known too much. And it's best that you don't get to continue on or tell your story. So get rid of you. You're sick. You're dying. Nobody's going to believe you when you're sick and dying. And I think that's one of the reasons that they do this. And it's one of the reasons why I got out of the military. I refused to re-up my enlistment. I walked away 
the last four months, I lied. I said that I was pregnant because it was my turn to take the anthrax vaccine. For four months, I told them I was pregnant until it was my time to walk away. And I walked away without that first vaccine out of protest because I refused to take the vaccine that for a year I'd been bullied for just for speaking up and coming up with an idea to help that young man in that room because that, that person's grandma spoke to me from her heart and she wanted her grandson home. And I told her he was coming, that he was going to be just fine. And I lied. It's like I lied to those soldiers when they asked me, am I going to be okay when I take his shot? Yes, sir. That's what my captain told me. You're going to be just fine. And he wasn't. So I am sorry and I apologize for what I did. But I'm very thankful that I can speak to you guys today and that we can start to change this and, and cross this world. And we're fighting back. We're not scared anymore, and we're not dumb anymore. There's a lot of people out here fighting back, and I'm one of them. These mamas and daddies was right, that as soon as little Johnny got that shot, he woke up a different person. And you're going to have to answer to that, all of you vaccine companies. You're going to have to answer why little Johnny woke up different, or little Johnny didn't wake up at all. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. Thank you enough for speaking out. This is what all the parents around the world need, is for people like you to talk And I am so sorry that I didn't come forward earlier that in 1997 when I was told to keep my mouth shut I did I got out of the military and I kept my mouth shut uh, who told you to keep your mouth shut dark suits SUVs blacked out SUVs pulled up into our unit I was asked to go into a room so was the captain and we were educated and counseled on our mistake that we certainly were wrong that the vaccine had nothing to do with the Gulf War syndrome and that that soldier was sick when he got there uh, and that I needed to understand what my place was, that I was a medic and it was my job to take the blood pressures and it was not my job to be speaking to doctors. My captain was told that um, his records would have to be purged and he would have to take back his statement because he made a statement that he felt it was the vaccine. And in turn, he resigned his commission. He quit. He walked away. But I was enlisted and could not. I had to sit there and be hated. Did you have to still continue to get vaccines? No, I gave no more vaccines after that point. They didn't want me. They had to keep me, but they didn't want me because I was, I was burned. That they was embarrassed. They were embarrassed that this happened. My unit wasn't not in support of me. My unit was embarrassed that they got visited by Washington in black suits and SUVs, and they didn't know what to do. Nothing like this had ever happened. We're a combat support unit, and I was in there doing some blood pressure readings on a young man that's dying. This should have not happened. I just, Grandma just told me that story, and it just hit me when she told me about that, the vaccine, the, the tetanus shot, and it hit me like lightning that that was the connection. That, and it's such a simple connection. Why it wasn't made by other people, and I know it was. I'm not that intelligent to put two and two together. I was in there to change his diaper and to check his blood pressure, and I walked out hearing a story from Grandma and put two and two together. So you had to know that other people knew that this was the case, which is why they changed the protocol of the vaccine to go from three to six shots each month, one shot a month, in the hopes that lessening the amount of the vaccine taken would change the amount of people sick. I don't know if it did or didn't, because by that time I was getting out of the military and nobody wanted to tell me another thing, and I just got to sit at the table because apparently I was a troublemaker as a whistleblower. Were there other people in the military that felt the same way as you? But just they could not say a word. They did feel the same way, but you want to keep your career. You, 
people understand that. You want to keep your career. You want to keep your, your, your nose out of the fray, keep your head out of the water. You know, you don't want to be noticed. And they try and shame you by bringing in the... They told me I was crazy. They told me I was wrong and made me think that uh, I had... In the, the first year after this happened, I was so frightened, so bullied and frightened. I was embarrassed because I was embarrassed on, that my other soldiers and my friends saw what happened to me, and I became a pariah. It's like I had a disease, and you couldn't sit by me at the lunch table. So instead of going to CNN... I just kept it to myself because I lost my friends. I lost my support. I just wanted out of there. And when it was my turn to take that shot, and that was I had four months, five months left on my contract, and it was my turn to take the shot, I just told them I was pregnant. I had a friend of mine who was pregnant piss on a, a pregnancy test, and I carried on the stick and showed them and said, this is me. And they said, well, we're going to need a doctor's excuse. And I said, I'll get you one. And then that next month, I lied again. So here's another stick. I'm sorry I couldn't get that doctor's appointment. <laughs> so I just kept lying. And they knew I was lying, but I wouldn't take that shot. We spoke to a military uh, girl the other day who said she was 37 weeks pregnant, and they were trying to inject her with with everything that they could. But they had no concern for her unborn. The military does not take an, an example or take into credit a person's uh, current medical state. If it is your turn to take your shot, you're taking your shot. Her being 37 weeks pregnant would have nothing to do to stop that because protocol of military is to follow orders. The protocol of military is not to think or to rationalize things yep. out. That was done 20 years ago by a general who you never met. So it was already decided. Your job as an American soldier is to take that vaccine or to take that RPG or to take that bullet, and that is your job as an American soldier. Yeah. We're also being told about the level of psychotropic drugs, drugs that are being tested on um, wannabe pilots. And the level of psychotropic drugs tested. Now, again, nobody could convince me that when you've got 22 veterans committing suicide every single day, that this doesn't have a huge, huge part to play in that. People come, I, I mean, we, we knew a girl uh, back in 2010, and um, nice girl, uh, and I had a good feeling about her, and then it was Taylor's friend, and then years later, I saw pictures of her, and man, it looked like the life, her soul had been sucked out of her. I mean, just like really like her countenance had totally totally changed she went into the military and the ironic thing is i just found out last week she's dead she committed suicide she's one of the one of the 22 for that day that committed suicide and when i went to like look at her like um I don't know, the page where they had like the stuff about the funeral and things and they had all these pictures posted of her there was not one picture of her in uniform or any of her time in the military, only God knows what happened to her. And that, and I think it's beyond even the vaccines. But I believe that had a major contributing factor to, and she's like 20, 26, 27 at most. She's killed herself. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. But then again, you know, those statistics aren't lying. And I, I really believe they when they come out of the military they are such damaged goods by design on purpose from a lot of different levels how they destroy these people in the military they do not want them to come out combat ready 
They want them to come out devastated. Hopefully they'll commit suicide in a few years. We won't have to take care of them. We're going to provide inferior care in the VAs. We've already vaccinated them until the cows come home. They don't have a very long life expectancy. And they're probably not going to want to fight against us because they're going to be so devastated physically that they're not going to really be capable. Not only that, how many psychotropic meds are they on now just to cope with all the garbage they dealt with while they were in the military? And that's what she's... uh, what she just asked her about here. I mean, it's shocking. These people are too scared to go on camera. in the military still. And they'll lose their jobs. They'll lose their career. They'll lose their lives. They're, they're not concerned with me about this vaccine, me breaking a story. The, the, in 2003, a, a, a book was written, and the big story was broke about black water and the vaccines. Mine's an old story. It just happened to me, and I stayed quiet. And I feel responsible for staying quiet. I feel guilty. I was scared for me. Being scared for me and my family thinking that I was going to get hurt or that they would come after me kept me from pursuing at that time pursuing this because i knew i was right and specifically when people show up and tell you you're wrong and they make such a big deal about it you must have been right all along otherwise they wouldn't have showed up and done what they did so i apologize to you to to all of you people across the world i apologize for my failure in strength that i allowed myself to be bullied and to run scared but i mean man god bless her wow i mean you gotta love her level of honesty boy i mean (laughs) nothing but love (laughs) nothing but love and i wanted to play that to you right on the heels of that wonderful little speech that trump just gave about how safe the vaccines are i mean this is the most unsafe vaccine that's ever been unleashed on humanity and he has the audacity to act like it's the next best thing since sliced bread, some modern miracle. Heaven sent. No, it's sent from Satan. So I, I want I, I like to contrast things in these teach, teachings. Next report: Government doing deadly tests on unsuspecting public since the 1950s. What well, goes back further than that? But a short video to share with anyone still naive enough to trust the government. So I just like to drive things home. Um, I, you know, I like to offset things when I play a video like that from Trump, even though it was only three minutes. It was three minutes of nothing but pure lies. This next story is so unbelievable, we didn't think it could possibly be true. But after receiving thousands of records and declassified reports from the Army, it's confirmed that during the Cold War, the United States military conducted secret tests on unsuspecting people in the city of St. Louis. A local sociologist will make her findings public tomorrow, but she spoke first to the I-team's Lisa Zygman. Lisa Martino-Taylor's life work has been to uncover details of the Army's ultra-secret military experiments carried out in St. Louis and other cities during the 1950s and 60s. This study was secretive for a reason. Um, They didn't have um, volunteers stepping up and saying, yeah, I'll breathe zinc cadmium sulfide with radioactive particles. These Army archive pictures show how the tests were done in Corpus Christi, Texas in the 1960s. In Texas, planes were used to drop the chemical, but in St. Louis, the Army placed chemical sprayers on buildings and station wagons. City officials were kept in the dark about the tests. The Cold War cover story was that the Army was testing smoke screens to protect cities from a Russian attack. The truth, according to Martino Taylor, 
was much more sinister. It's pretty shocking. Um, the level of duplicity and secrecy. Um, um, clearly, they went to great lengths to deceive people. By making, by making hundreds of Freedom of Information Act requests, she uncovered once classified documents that confirmed the spraying of zinc cadmium sulfide. The greatest concentration of this compound was sprayed near the Pruitt Igo housing complex just south of downtown St. Louis. It was home to 10,000 I mean, They spray us every day like cockroaches with the chemtrails. They fluoridate the, the water, you know, with, with a, bypro a toxic byproduct of the aluminum industry with the fluoride. They put chlorine in there, which is horrific for you as well, and all kind of other garbage. Our foods are GMO. They're genetically modified unless you're actively seeking out organic. You know, they're, they're, they're experimenting us on, on us today. Now we got the COVID-19 kill shot. What I'm trying to say is nothing's changed. It's only increased in its scope and breadth. We're, we're being more experimented on today than, than we ever have been. Now, this is a, an example of a localized test that they did that was very overt. They try, they try to be a little more subtle now. Of course, you could look up any day in a given day and spraying us like cockroaches with the chemtrails. I saw a guy the other day, they they're actually leaked out some photos of these guys and, and they have patches that, that in there in their shows the chemtrail planes and it's spraying and it says spray and pray <laughs> from, from these devils in these chemtrail programs. They wear badges. I mean, they have their own military type of, of badges that they wear. You know, um, so it's just, it's everywhere you look. Income people and an estimated 70% were under the age of 12. Martino Taylor claims they all unknowingly inhaled this compound morning, noon, and night so the government could measure its effects on their lungs. So this is in violation of all medical ethics, all international codes, and the military's own policy at that time. In 1994, then-Congressman Richard Gephardt asked the Army to open its records and explain the St. Louis testing. We want to make very sure that nothing went on that would harm anyone and that all the facts are out on the table. Documents released in the 90s show the Army placed sprayers on this former Knights of Columbus building on Lindell and in Forest Park. The Army always insisted the chemical compound was safe. Martino Taylor believes documents prove otherwise. There's a lot of evidence that indicates that people in St. Louis, in the city, particularly in minority communities, were um, subjected to military tests that was connected to a larger radiological weapons development and testing project. For the first time, she links the St. Louis testing to a company called U.S. Radium, a company notorious for lawsuits involving radioactive contamination of its workers. In the United States Radium, um, had this reputation where they had been legally liable, found legally liable uh, decades prior, for um, producing a radioactive powdered paint that killed many young women who painted fluorescent watch tiles. While the Army admits it added a fluorescent substance to the zinc-cadmium compound, details of whether it was radioactive remain secret. Documents uncovered to date indicate the Army never conducted follow-up studies to see whether the compound caused long-term health issues. In 1972, after years of crime, poverty, and decline, the government destroyed the Pruitt-Igo housing complex. <laughs> destroyed the evidence. Lisa Zygman, News Channel 5, I-Team.
Now, the company U.S. Radium no longer exists. Martino Taylor has placed all of her research, including the declassified documents, online and will link you to that data at KSDK.com. Now, she will make all of her findings public tomorrow at St. Louis Community College Merrimack Campus. In the meantime, if you remember the spring, the I-Team's Lisa Zygman would like to hear from you. You can email her at lzygman at ksdk.com. Just one of the many atrocities our government is, is, has and still is, you know, not that exact travesty, but they're still committing travesties uh, against their own populace. I mean, that's just, it's just what they do. Uh, then we have this. I had to get this in today. David Knight abandoned and fired by backstabber Alex Jones of InfoWars. Um, Merry Christmas, David Knight of InfoWars. Alex Jones was just fired. You betrayed, fired you and betrayed you just like he did Melly Weaver and Brian D. Johnson of USDWGO Alternative News. Now, I, I predicted this, if you guys remember. I said, I've played a lot from David Knight as of late, and I've said, I just don't see how he's going to be on Alex Jones very much longer. Alex Jones is there uh, being the devil that he is praising uh, Trump and saying he's fighting the good fight and all this other garbage. Now, I'm not saying you can't glean from InfoWars. There's a lot you can glean from. But when it comes to the Trump thing, that is off limits. And I knew that it was a matter of time before David Knight was fired. And I was right. Okay, I'm not saying that you know, I'm prophetic or whatever. It's just the handwriting was so on the wall with this and david knight particularly in the last month and particularly in like the last week man he was really starting to get it regarding trump i mean he was coming after him hard and sure enough he's gone like so many that started exposing too much truth on Infowars in the past he's gone just like the rest of them it was reported on yesterday's alex jones show and on david knight's twitter page that he was fired from Infowars. His category removed from band.video, but his page can still be accessed at band video, at least for now. We will report if that page is also terminated in the future. We don't like InfoWars for their backstabbing and betraying nature. They also ruined Brian D. Hill, formerly of the USWGO alternative news platform. Um, here's his Twitter page. And um, I'm, I'm reading right from his, I got a screenshot of his Twitter page. And... David Knight said, I was just fired by Alex effective immediately. Notice he said Alex fired him. Okay. Then True Stream Media, um, which is another guy that was fired from InfoWars a long time ago, that, that couple, but that was just the one guy that was on there. They said to him, you were always a friendly face around that place. Surprised you were able to stand it for so long. And that's coming from somebody that worked there. And David Knight said, thank you. And then, so this goes on to say, Melissa Melton, oh, that's, okay, yeah, and her, I think her husband had quit InfoWars back in 2013 and was reportedly targeted afterwards, afterwards by whoever had been responsible. Well, that was Alex. So many had left InfoWars, and that kind of tells the whole world and the American people that the kind of person Alex Jones truly is. Alex Jones is all about himself, claiming to have been the tip of the spear as if he is the only one who is victorious when it is a collective team of people fighting the new world order yet there's like i would say there's just so many subjects that devil will not touch i've got over a 50 page document 
exposing that devil from multiple different angles okay it would take me if i tried to do a, a dedicated study and go through that 50 page study it'd probably take me at least 10 parts at least with that much content um i just don't have time but i do have the if, if you need it just let me know um alex jones booted david knight from his alternative media operation uh he's losing friends fast soon he will lose everybody hopefully and he will be all alone as he should be alex jones continually claimed he will be indicted or arrested or swat team i say good for him for a nationwide worldwide backstabber who could care less about anybody but himself it is all about alex jones being the hero or nobody is now i'm going to prove that in a second as well uh from another breaking report about him i posted this last week alex jones is no hero he's a zero he's a judas and then i had a listener email me this was his last show and it's funny normally his shows would be like a couple hours at least well his last show that they posted was 10 minutes so in other words, the day that he got canned, they only let him do a 10-minute, or they only put up 10 minutes of his show on InfoWars. And InfoWars says he was fired due to cost-cutting, but David Knight's tweet contradicts this. Maybe it's due to David's anti-Trump messages. I guaranteed that's why it was. Anyway, I post the links to these things here if you want to see them. Then I had another email from a listener and from tim and he said i have to apologize to you scott you've said it many times that alex jones will fire david knight and he did david knight like yourself didn't do the right left thing and has called out trump many times when i heard you say that alex jones will fire him i would say to me to, to scott to me i love you brother scott but that will never happen <laughs> I was wrong, but I'm praying and believe that it is really a blessing to separate from InfoWars. Yeah, I agree, brother. You're good. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> anyway, um, then I put this out this week. And um, I, this is actually in the newsletter that's posted online right now. And it's entitled, Alex Jones is a totally demon-possessed, disrupts Millie Weaver's speech at March for Trump. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm a big Millie Weaver fan, okay? I'm not saying that. But what he did at this rally was so satanic and so wrong on so many levels. And I see right through this devil. I've been around people like him that play these types of, of games. And I'm just going to read this to you and we'll go on. Now, this happened this where he disrupts and i can't play it to you for you you'd have to watch the video and i really wouldn't advise it because he is cussing a blue streak that would make a sailor blush i mean he goes full demon possessed nuts craze reminding me so much of my dad when he would go psycho okay back when i was you know when my dad was alive or whatever i'm talking total insanity over nothing i mean over nothing this what this happened right after alex jones was invoking the name of jesus over and over in a previous speech that he just gave in dc in washington dc he gave this big speech okay talking about jesus christ my lord and savior and all this other stuff then i believe he walks to this venue where Millie Weaver, among other people, are speaking, a smaller venue crashes it with 
him and his followers and i guess demands to start speaking now again i can't play you the video because he's cussing a blue streak but he basically goes insane and starts telling the guy basically something to the effect of you know blankety 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 blank you're gonna whatever i'm gonna kick your effing you know ASS, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna rip you. I'm gonna just, you know, he's. I mean, he's beat red. He looks like he's done about 14 lines of coke. Okay. Some on some kind of, I, and there was no reason for it at all. Yet, minutes earlier, he was telling everybody that that his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and and. We need to just trust in him. And then he goes over and he does this because he doesn't get his little stinking way. And I guess he's not able to go and take over this speaking platform. The people there were wise to him. And they weren't even particularly rude to him. They were just saying, dude, this is for Millie to speak. This is for others to speak. Didn't matter. He went into a blind satanic rage over nothing. Nothing. I hate bullies, okay? And when I see that behavior, I, I, I have to like pump the brakes on myself because my my first reaction is to want to go and, and, and call his bluff and see if he really wants to do this. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my flesh. I'm sorry. I can't stand bullies. And he is the biggest stinking bully that is trying to impose his will on people i've i've ever seen an alternative news i've never seen and then what he always does invariably every single stinking time is he'll go back to his studio or he'll go back to his guys and play the babe in the woods theme i was innocent i just went in there and i didn't do a thing uh, we were just i i wanted millie to speak heck i would have her speak for me even though he kicked her off his platform and disowned her okay I was I was as innocent as a kitten. Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. I've never I've never sinned in my life. I don't know why they made such a big deal. And then he plays clips of it where he's leaving out all of his cussing tirade and him going nuts for no reason. He leaves all that out in his video footage, but I actually saw the video footage in what Millie Weaver posted, which was unedited. Then you see the real story. And it's like, oh, so this is what you left out. You're going to try to paint yourself in the best possible light to look like your little Bo Peep and that you're totally innocent when you yourself are totally guilty. You caused every bit of this. You're demon-possessed. You're a devil on your way to hellfire, evoking the name of Jesus Christ one minute and then going absolutely insane nuts the next for no reason whatsoever. He's a pathological stinking liar him and trump are two peas in a pod all they do is lie now granted i'm playing a, a, a clip from him interviewing that professor boyle guy a little bit later but i'm talking about when it comes to the way alex jones presents his image he is always innocent he never ever is is whatever he is a weasel worm is what he is i think he's a coward the way that he operates, if you show any weakness to that guy and he's in any kind of agitated mood, boy, oh boy, he's, he'll, he'll act 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I don't know what kind of drugs he's on. I, 
I, I just I have a real rough time with people like that. <laughs> it's a weakness of mine. Mm. Anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm going to read through this. Uh, I, I think I've already covered everything. Yeah. It, he crashed this. He crashed this much smaller venue. And because he did not get his way, he turned all of his followers against this other venue because he outnumbered them. Because he's he loves the power of being able to walk around DC with a crowd following him, praising him. Oh, Alex, we love you. We love you. Ah. He loves it, like cotton candy. He eats it up. The other venue just wanted to talk about stealing the election, which is supposedly the same platform that Jones was there to expose. Okay. Because he didn't get his way, he turned all his followers against the other venue. Who does something like this? Why would you do that? Why can't you just leave him alone? I felt sorry for the people at the smaller venue being demonized by Jones. And then he went on his show and proceeded to lie and act like he was the victim, playing the poor little Alex, Alex Jones bit where he acted like everyone was against him. He did nothing. I have seen him do that same garbage over and over and over in different venues. He's never to blame for nothing. Pathological, narcissistic psychopath is what he is. Insane. What I'm trying to convey is that this devil is pure evil. And while it is certainly possible to glean from his show, depending on the subject, you're not going to glean anything about Trump, for sure. But about vaccines, yeah. Jones is pure evil. Uh, another listener, I sent I sent this out to some of my other listeners, and he said, I think almost everyone who has worked for Alex in the original crew has been eliminated. He goes through people fast. I mean, the guy would be impossible to work with. With the, with the way he acts and interrupts all the time, I pray more people leave his show. I mean, Alex is the most wicked devil. What a mockery of truth. Hot flames await Alex. But notice how many others have left the show only to tell their horror stories. Those horror stories are legion. Legion. Again, I got 50, 50 plus page document on the dude. Uh, next report. And I read part of this earlier. And it was the one about where my longtime listener nurse, Patricia, talked about the pharmacia. And then I went in over the farm. Well, I'm going to talk about the other thing she said. I am deeply saddened that they have started vaccinating people for COVID today at my employer. Uh, and then another update that she got after this. I've been so concerned about my job security and about having to refuse the vaccine that I did not realize how awful it would feel for my coworkers when they started to line up to get the vaccine. People I like and respect are getting vaccinated today and I feel awful about it. And then she goes to talking about the pharmacia. I've already covered that subject. Now, skipping forward, I got an update from her yesterday and she said, so this is an update. Okay, I heard this yesterday. But it is so crazy, I wanted to confirm this before I told you. The lunacy of the weekly COVID testing was confirmed, confined to a nursing home that is attached to the hospital I work at. Well, now my hospital has caught the same insanity. Everyone in environmental services, everyone is going to be tested for COVID with a nasopharyngeal swab twice a week. That means they're going six inches into your head, accessing that thin, very, very delicate bone cribiform plate where they're implanting nanotech into you and only God knows what else. And 
causing trauma to you and potentially implanting you with maybe their new variant called COVID-21. Now they're going to be doing it twice a week if you want to work there. That is right. If you were even a janitor at my hospital, you will get tested for COVID twice a week. You will not be permitted to work. You should have seen the young girl's face who told me this last night. This disturbed me so much I could not sleep. I found out from her that her manager has put in an order for N95 respirators, which is kind of insane. Because N95 respirators, they're the ones that have the little plastic thing okay, in front. You know what that's for? That's for contaminated environments. That's where you don't care what you're breathing out because you're exhaling through that vent, that little plastic vent, and that's your breath unfiltered going through that ventilator. Unfiltered. So what? why would you even use something like that? Well, if you were in a contaminated environment that it didn't matter if your, your potential contaminated breath was going out into the environment, would hurt anything, that's when you'd use it. Well, is that a hospital? I would think not. Isn't the whole concept of wearing masks so that you're not breathing out your germs, even though that's a lie from the pit of hell? Those things become receptacles for bacteria in these types of things. Breeding grounds for them when you wear them constantly over your face. Not only that, then you have all the petrochemicals that they make the masks with. Just try burning one of them things. They melt. They're pure chemicals. That's another way they're killing us off. Not only that, you're going right into respiratory acidosis the moment you put a mask on. Because you're, you're not, according to OSHA, those oxygen meters, you're not getting enough oxygen. And you're, and you're inhaling, re-inhaling your carbon dioxide, creating respiratory acidosis, which has a host of side effects. Horrible for you. Absolute total insanity. Then she goes on to say, I feel awful. I feel awful for my coworkers who are, for the most part, taking the vaccine. I had no idea how depressing that would be for me when I started to grieve over how they jumped on the vaccine as soon as it was here. I feel awful for these poor girls in environmental services who will be forced to do this or lose their jobs. I am dreading the day I'm going to have to put my foot down and refuse to let them do this to me and lose my job. I literally don't know what to do. I just feel awful. I have to admit it. I'm afraid as well. I do not have a 401k for backup anymore. When I put my when I put my foot down, I will have nothing to live on. Because she knows there's there's coming a day very very near. And how many how many people are in this exact same scenario in hospitals? And how many people will be in this exact same scenario when it goes bigger? When it goes into government jobs? I just saw a report today. Uh, and I, I, I'll probably try to cover it next week. Oh, it's where they can force you to take the, um, saying the government jobs are saying they can force you to take the, uh, the vaccines or they, or they can fire you. That just broke today. I'm going to see if I can find it. I, I can't find it right now, but it just broke today. That report in, and I mean, it's, I'm telling you guys, they're, they're not backing off this. They're, they're, they pushed, Satan pushed all his chips in on this, and um, let me see if I can find it, and, and I'm telling you, he's not backing off, but God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Um, forced inoculation is here. Uh, yeah, I can't, I, I, I know that I've got it, I'm pretty sure somewhere in my study, but I've got so much stuff 
backlog that I'm out, but I'll get in, I'll get into that next week. Anyway, um, she goes on to say, when I put my foot down, I'll have nothing to live on. I only have a month's income in the bank now. And while my debts are getting paid off, my debt load is huge. I am doing what is right in any case, meaning taking a stand and not, you know, taking the vaccine, obviously. And what I, my, the verse that came into my head when I read this, this verse came into my head as I read your email. First Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation. And again, this is like a temptation. It's a temptation to give in or to not give in or to resist the temptation. I mean, it is, it's like, okay, well, you either take the shot or you're fired. Okay. So they're tempting you saying, okay, you can, you can maintain your gainful employment as long as you submit to constant COVID nasopharyngeal testing and make sure you take your ongoing set of COVID shots that will rewrite your genetic code and you won't be fully human anymore and you'll be full of nanobots and it's culture off aborted babies, but you know, that's the temptation. But the Bible says there's, there have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. Claim this verse. Anybody that's in this situation, print out this verse and claim it every single day. Problem is a lot, some of you may not have known this, this verse was, or you may have kind of forgot about it. It says here that God will make a way to escape, but you got to believe it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, listen, I am not judging anybody. I am not saying you don't have lack of faith or anything like that. I'm just telling you that reading the word of God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Put this in your Bible, print it out, put it, carry it with you, claim this verse, okay? Because God can make a way where there seems to be no way. You can pray, open the doors no man can shut and shut the doors no man can open, God. And, and I mean, this, I, who knows how many of my listeners are in this situation? Who knows how many Christians are in this situation where they're going to be put in this situation? They know how wicked the vaccines are. It says, but with the temptation also will make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So, and you can also add Patricia on your prayer list and any of my other listeners and Christians that are in this horrible situation. Uh, and then along these lines, this came, um, this is uh, in addition to that. Yes, they can vaccinate us through the nasal test swabs and target the brain. The Theragripper, explained by John Hopkins University School of Medicine. A Theragripper is about, and I have covered this in previous studies, but I thought it's appropriate because we just mentioned the nasopharyngeal swabs. A Theragripper is about the size of a speck of dust. The swab contains dozens of tiny devices. This picture that you're looking at in my PDF is from John Hopkins University. They're, they look like tiny little metallic specks embedded into a cotton swab okay and they, again they could easily do this in a COVID-19 test and you would never even know that they're on there unless you inspected the swab okay inspired by a parasitic worm that digs its sharp teeth into its host intestines 
what, what a wonderful analogy. John Hopkins researchers have designed tiny star-shaped micro devices that can latch on to mutestinal mucosa and release drugs into the body. But there's no reason they can't latch on to the mucosa and the, and the sinus cavity as well. Okay. The team published results of an animal study this week as the cover article in the journal Science Advances. And here it shows the microscopic view of what these look like. It's a six-pointed hexagram star that is in a star shape. And again, look at my study on hexagrams. Hexagrams are the one of the highest symbols in witchcraft where you're trying to um, literally conjure a spirit from a evil spirit from another dimension. It's a hexagram. Hex means curse. Okay, six-pointed stars. Very, very bad. Five-pointed are very bad too. But hex are even worse. And it's not a good thing because it's on the cover of the, because uh, it's on the Israeli flag. Just key in my teaching the hexagrams. I'll explain it all. Gradual or extended release of a drug is a long-sought goal in medicine. But a problem with extended release drugs is that they often make their way entirely through the gastrointestinal tract before they finish dispersing their medication. When an open theragripper, which we see in the picture in my PDF, is exposed to internal body temperatures, it closes on the intestinal wall or wherever you put it, okay, wherever intestinal or wherever mucosa you put it. In the gripper, in the gripper center is a space for a small dose of drugs, the small dose of drugs they want to put there. I'm sorry, for a small dose of drugs. My comment, or whatever else they want to put there, like nanotech, meaning they could put drugs there, they could put nanorobots, they could put whatever they want there. They could put hydrogel, put whatever they want. So when it gets exposed to the body's internal temperatures, that gives us its signal to close. The six-pointed star closes like a little um, parasitic worm that digs its sharp teeth into its host's intestines. That's the, that's the analogy John Hopkins gave, okay? And here's pictures of it, closed and open, all right? A microscopic picture because they're so small. And, and again, the credit for the picture is John Hopkins University, okay? Normal constriction and relaxation of GI muscles make it impossible for extended release drugs to stay in the intestines long enough for the patient to receive a full dose. We've been working to solve this problem by designing these small drug carriers that can autonomously latch onto intestinal mucosa and keep the drug load or the nanotech inside the GI tract for desired duration of time. Thousands of theragrippers can be deployed in the GI tract. When the paraffin wax coating on the grippers reaches the temperature inside the body, the devices close automatically and clamp onto the colonic wall or the mucosa in your nose. The closing action causes the tiny six-pointed hexagram device to dig into the mucosa and remain attached to the colon or wherever else they put it, where they are retained and release their medicine payloads gradually into the body. I want to trust these tests any farther than I could throw them. Um, all right, that's all I have for, I'm, I'm so over on time here. So I'm going to try to get a part three in here and God bless you. And we will see you in part three.